What is going on, Badger fans? Really special episode today. Um, talking to one of the pillars of college football media, Phil Steele joins the show. I am so excited for this. We're going to talk Badgers, Luke Fickle, the Big Ten. Um, and without further ado, let's just get started. Let's get going on Wisconsin and let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Really fun show today. We got the legendary Phil Steele joining the show. Phil, thank you so much for, for jumping on and giving us a little bit of your time. Hey, a real pleasure, Ryan. Always like talking Wisconsin football. Uh, I love it, man. And I wanted to I want to get into Luke Fickle and the Badgers this year, a lot of other things. But I, if everybody who's watching this show knows who Phil Steele is. But one of the best quotes that I, I've seen um, – ESPN talked about your work, and I think it was Pat Ford, and he said, all the magazines have their merits, but Phil Steele has his own genre. And the opportunity to talk to you today, Phil, it, it's really special. I think we're going to be smarter because of it. So once again, we appreciate it. I appreciate you being a longtime reader, Ryan. And let's let's get into it then. So Luke Fickle comes on board. I know reading through some of what you've written, when Paul Christ was let go, you like many people expected Jim Leonard to kind of be the, the guy there from a national perspective, what does Wisconsin hiring Luke Fickle mean? Is that about the best hire they could have made? Uh, I, I was very, very happy with it. Now I'll, I'll say this, uh, going through the uh, magazine process, I do it in a three right through process. The first magazine is a uh, post season right through, and I've just watched every game. I've lived, lived through every team season, but then I read every article that's written about the team throughout the year. It really gets me into the ebbs and flows of each position. Uh, and after the first right through process of Wisconsin, I had my doubts. I mean, Ryan Fickle's bringing in Phil Longo as a uh, offensive coordinator. They're going to throw the football. Wisconsin football has been successful because they brutalized teams in the month of November with that big offensive line and that run game. Now you're going to take that away and just go to the pass game. So I was very concerned. But after going over the team with Coach Fickle, uh, they're, they're not abandoning the run by any stretch. In fact, he feels that they are going to uh, open up the holes in the run game so that guys like Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi has even more space to run through as opposed to nine guys getting packed in the box. So I was a little questionable about the hiring at the beginning, not because of Luke Fickle, but just because of the change of the offense. Now let's talk Luke Fickle. Uh, I've been talking to Coach Fickle since year one at Cincinnati, and year one at Cincinnati, he did not have a great roster. Uh, he told me about his vision and his belief of where they were going to get to. And in the first year, uh, with, uh, a, let's face it, a substandard roster, they just didn't have the roster to contend uh, in the division. Uh, they did not finish uh, very good. I think they've only had three wins the entire season, so it wasn't a great year. But he had set the base of what they were going through, and then the second year, uh, they were 4-8 and eight that first year. Then the second year, boom, 11-2. and two. And you could see the roster being built each year, 11-3 and three the next year. And, of course, uh, they made the, uh, the playoff uh, later on as the only uh, group of five team to make the playoff. I love what he did to the roster. I love how he built the team. They were balanced on offense, great defense. So I've had great respect for Coach Fickle uh, in, in the entire time he's at Cincinnati. I saw it firsthand how he built the roster, and I have great faith that he's going to do a tremendous job here at Wisconsin. Yeah, two things I want to, to pick up there that you talked about. The first is 
there's been a comparison made, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, and you kind of just hit on it, but there's been a comparison made when, if you remember Nebraska going from that triple option offense, trying to progress to a pass-happy offense, and it didn't work, it failed. Is there a reason why that's not the same course Wisconsin's going to take outside of what we just talked about? Luke Fickle's going to still be dedicated to the run, but is was there something else going on where Nebraska couldn't make that transition where Wisconsin is going to be able to? No, I, th- I think, uh, you know, this is the 29th year of the magazine, and I've seen a lot of uh, teams try to go from a run-heavy attack to a pass-heavy attack, and certainly it's a two- to three-year transition. Uh, like I said, that's what, that's what made me concerned, doing the first right through. I'm like, if they're going to just throw the football over the place and abandon the run game, then forget about it. I don't think Wisconsin's going to have a very successful year. But uh, Coach Fickle is going to, going to incorporate the pass game, but they're not going away from the run. So I think that is huge. Uh, having the pieces that he does have in the run game with Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. And then it's the era of the transfer portal. So you're able to bring in a quarterback like Tanner Mordecai, who is a very good uh, passer. Uh, at SMU last year, he had a fantastic year throwing for 3,500 yards with a 33-10 ratio. So he understands the concepts of the pass offense. I think they really have it all going for him. And, you know, believe it or not, with the transfer portal, uh, last year you take a look at Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern actually went for the transition of the option to a pass offense probably about 10 years ago, and they struggled miserably. Last year they were switching from the option to a pass-based offense, and uh, it was a major concern of mine. Coach Helton felt that they would do well, and guess what? They had a very explosive offense switching in the past. They brought in the transfers that they needed at quarterback, at receiver, on the offensive line. And despite my skepticism of the move, uh, it works. So I, I think in the era of the transfer portal, it's easier to get it to work. But in the same token, uh, what, what suits my mind is that uh, Coach Fickle is going to still rely on the run game. You know, one of the fascinating things I think about the coverage you provide is you do have a connection to a lot of coaches. Um, you've talked to, obviously, you've t- talked to Luke Fickle, uh, James Franklin. I, you have connections everywhere. What was it like talking to Luke Fickle? You said going over this team. What kind of insight do you get with that time? Yeah, what I do, uh, Ryan, is I send them my team sheets. My team sheets have every single player on them, all their stats, all my personal notes on every single player. And uh, then I usually spend, uh, I think on the average, I talk to 122 of the 133 head coaches. We usually, on the average, would spend an hour with each coach uh, and going over the team. We go over every single player, get strengths and weaknesses, go over every single position. So it's pretty much the same conversation I had with them at Cincinnati. Uh, and then I brought up, you know, I'll, I'll usually get five to ten minutes or probably five minutes of the conversation is my questions on the team. And my first question was, what are you, nuts? <laughs> you know, <laughs> pass offense? And uh, it, it's, you know, and that's why I said by the end of the conversation, I was very soothed that, 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 that we're not abandoning the run here in Wisconsin. And, and that's why I felt a lot better about him. I also love the schedule that Wisconsin has this year. That has something to do with my forecast, but we'll get into that a little later. But uh, it was pretty much the same conversations I had had with him at Cincinnati. A very, very good, very thorough. He's very patient, goes over the entire team with me. And uh, it's not like your, your normal interviews like you have on TV or anything where you're asking them questions or you're trying to gather off-field information. I just want to learn about the players and learn about the positions. And uh, I'm not looking for clicks or clickbait. Yeah, I think coaches probably appreciate the frankness of that, to be honest. Um, I don't think they probably have a lot of time for the BS and the, the straightforwardness of it makes sense to me. It, 
One of the, the big question marks on this year's team, Phil, is Tanner Mordecai, right? Quarterback coming from SMU. Has there ever been an in-depth look at quarterbacks jumping from the, that non-Power 5 level up to the level of competition and, and how that tends to work? Um, I don't have a specific one to look at, but I'll throw this out at you. And it's uh, it's something I found very interesting. And it, going into this year's interviews, you know, like I said, I go over every position on every team. And you're not thinking this uh, – big term you know the whole picture term anytime you're doing it, you're just going position by position but it was amazing what i found out was uh the majority of the fcs transfers i may have talked a group of five i'm talking fcs up to fbs uh the thing that came out was like 75 80 percent of these guys contributed started their first year hmm. and going through it with the coaches and going over and over and over i asked them different questions about it i would ask them about that and and what i found out is that basically uh even fcs transfers transferring up to fbs as long as they have the experience level they come in they have a great attitude they have a chip on their shoulder and they have the experience level a lot of times they're better than power five to power five transfers for power five guys that haven't played because they don't have that same chip on their shoulder and they don't have the experience level. So I think, first of all, the SMU play, plays a lot of big time teams. So it's not like they're playing some inferior brand of football. They're playing in the, the same conference that the, produced the, uh, you know, the, the uh, power, the power, the group of five uh, team to go to the FCS, the bowl games, the January one bowl game. And he has got three years starting experience. He originally signed at Oklahoma. He was my number 33 rated quarterback out of high school. So signed at Oklahoma, just went to SMU to get playing time, played against big time teams. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any transition whatsoever. Let me ask you if, if I'm crazy on this, uh, because I would love your feedback. A, a point I've made or a point I've tried to make is, Yes, the, the competition is going to ramp up, but his talent around him is also ramping up. His coaching staff and support staff are also ramping up. Is there is there a possibility that he's even better in a better ecosystem, even though he's playing better teams? Well, I don't think he's going to top last year's stats. I mean, SMU last year threw the football a lot, and uh, they didn't have the 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, their top rusher last year only had 642 yards. So Tanner Mordecai threw for 3,500 yards because he was operating in a, a pass-heavy offense. And, uh, you know, they did take on teams. They took on TCU, a team that uh, played for the national championship last year. They took on uh, Cincinnati with Luke Fickle's defense there, which is very tough. They took on Tulane, a team that won the Cotton Bowl last year. So he was playing big-time teams last year. He's playing big-time teams the year before. And uh, I think that there's, uh, you know, the supporting cast – uh, I mean, number-wise, I think he's going to not throw for 3,500 yards this year, but that's a good thing because they're going to have a balanced attack running the football with Allen and Malusi. But I think he's going to be a very effective passer, as we've seen by his ratio and his completion percentage. Now, this is great stuff. Um, we're going to take a very quick break Come uh, for our friends of the show, but come back with Phil Steele and talk about uh, the Badgers this year and, and his outlook and why they're one of his surprise teams for this season. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. Take your first swing at betting on Major League uh, Baseball on FanDuel. Get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just $20. You'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Uh, that's $200 you can spend on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. Pro tip is probably Ronald Acuna. 
all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Get your $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Um, March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's continue this really awesome conversation with with this Phil Steele. And, and Phil, one of the we actually did a show, um, uh, myself and Rajiv, who's on the show a lot, talking about the Badgers, some of the future odds, the the lines over under 8.5 wins this year. Where would where would you fall on the 8.5 that FanDuel has set on the Badgers? Oh, I, I clearly like the over on uh, yep. this one. And, you know, when you, when you look at Wisconsin, it's a, a, a combination of both the talent and the schedule that they have. And as mentioned, I was skeptical of the first right through the process, but after the third right through going to a team with Coach Fickle, I was very high on them. And, and let's look, first of all, at the, what this team has this year. We'll start with the offense. Uh, Tanner Mordecai throwing the football, Braylon Allen shows Malusi in the backfield, and then one of the better offensive lines in the country. In fact, Coach Fickle told me it's the best depth of any offensive line that he's been around. It could be one of the best offensive lines in the country over the next two years. So you know Wisconsin's known for offensive lines. Uh, they have some playmakers at receiver, uh, but I love the backfield, and I love Tanner Mordecai. Now, defensively last year, as you recall, Wisconsin is very inexperienced. They only had three returning starters on the defensive side of the ball. This year, they have eight starters back and so there's plenty of talent over there coach fickle knows defense they play great defense at cincinnati so even losing jim leonard i think they still have an outstanding defense overall this team goes from number 107 on my experience chart all the way up to number 20 that's a huge increase and if you go to philsteel.com right now i've got daily blogs up there go back and look at two blogs i want you to look at look at the blog for your total experience and you'll see that teams that rank in the top 20 on the experience chart do extremely well and you should have great improved record and then the other one the second one was difference in experience like here they're up 87 notches on the experience chart see how teams do there two great blogs that are up right now on philsteel.com but anyway this is a much more experienced team overall and now let's look at that schedule first of all you start with the road games washington state now i know they lost to washington state last year but in that game they had a 22 to 10 first down 401 to 253 yard edge it's not like washington state came into madison and whipped them yeah, wisconsin really controlled the line of scrimmage in that game at the first down yardage edge they just came up short on the scoreboard i think they get the revenge on the road they play purdue on the road i don't think this year's purdue team is going to the big 10 title game like they did last year looks to me like a little bit of a rebuilding year for purdue i think the chalk that one up is a win as well illinois that one scares me a little bit i've got it as sort of a toss-up i don't think illinois is quite as good as they were last year. In fact, I thought last year Illinois might have been the best team in the Big Ten West. But uh, I think when you look at the Illinois game, it's winnable because of what Illinois lost. They lost a lot of talent, and they're much less experienced than they were last year. In fact, Illinois goes from number 68 of my experience chart down to number 116. 
The other two road games, Indiana, very winnable. And Minnesota, I used to, I think Wisconsin travels well, well for that one, and they match up well with Wisconsin or with Minnesota. Yes, they've lost the last two games. This one's always a back-and-forth game. You have to rate that one as a toss-up. Then you look at the home games this year. The toughest two games that they play on the schedule, in my mind, are Iowa, mm-hmm. which I would consider a legitimate contender in the West, but they get that at home. And then Ohio State. And when they play Ohio State, it's the week after Ohio State plays Penn State. So I think Wisconsin's got an excellent shot there. So overall, when I look at the schedule, Ryan, I've got them favored in nine games. I've got two toss-up games, uh, which would be the Illinois and Minnesota road games. I think both are winnable. And they're an underdog in one game, and that's Ohio State. Now, if they go, and I think they have a distinct record of uh, chance of going 11-1 or 12-0 this year and do that, uh, get to the Big 12, Big 10 title game, all they have to do is win that, and they find themselves in the playoff. That's why they're my number one surprise team. And by the way, a surprise team in the magazine is a non-top 10 team that I think can actually make the playoff. I eliminate the top 10 teams in the AP poll, and I say, which one do I like best? And uh, Wisconsin, I, I don't think it's going to be right that high in the AP poll at the start of the year. I think they could be a, a big-time surprise this season. Phil, you're going to fire us up. This 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 show is going to get Badger Nation really, really going. Um, I want to ask you something. And by the way, we're going to – there's no content like Phil Steele content, so we're going to link – that the website, the blogs he referenced, everything when we drop the show, I encourage everybody to go and check out uh, philsteel.com because you're going to be smarter. And that's the whole point of this. Um, I wanted to ask, for, for your experience tracker, how has the transfer portal altered that? When, when you factor that in, are you taking the experience of the transfer players coming in? And is, that, is, that, is there a perfect way to kind of quantify that? And uh, that was one of the reasons that I went back and did the research on the experience chart because I thought, Maybe this year the numbers would be way different due to the fact, well, like what you just said, if they brought in an experienced player. I, I do not factor in experienced transfers coming in um, into the experience chart. <clears throat> but what I found, uh, Ryan, is that this past year, there really wasn't a difference in the numbers. So I'm, I'm sticking with the experience chart the way it is. And if you look at Wisconsin, you know, number 20 on the experience chart, despite the fact they're replacing their quarterback. So they could be even higher on the experience chart if they had a quarterback coming back. Uh, I, it's something I did not factor in, but and I would have made the changes to the experience chart had I seen a difference in the numbers uh, as far as the results. Hey, and I know talking to Luke Fickle, I have the opportunity to, to look at this program. Um, is you're very high on Braylon Allen. I, th- I think I saw him number one in your draftable running back list. What what about Braylon Allen is special to you? Well, I tell you what, he is just so talented. And, um, you know, he has a chance to be uh, one of the top running backs in the country. He's got good feet, uh, change of direction, good hands. Uh, and in this offense, he's actually going to catch the ball more. And he's, he's a guy that's willing to do pass pro, which you really have to do. And Braylon Allen's got the size you covet at running back. I mean, you got a 6'2", 245-pound guy barreling downfield, look out. And the thing I like about having bigger running backs like that, Ryan, is that going through the teams with the coaches, as I do every year, yeah, I've really noticed how uh, teams have sort of abandoned that strong side linebacker and put in more of a nickelback. They're getting smaller, speedier on defense. So in my mind, teams with tight ends and with big running backs will start to have more success as teams get smaller and speedier. Look at Georgia, two tight ends, and they're having pretty good success on offense, I think. But when you look at Wisconsin, I uh, love 245 pounds downfield. There's a guy that you know came in as a linebacker, got shifted over to running back, has been nothing but productive. And then having a guy like 
like Ches Malusi to balance it off. Remember uh, two years ago when Malusi went out of the lineup at mm-hmm. the end of the year, uh, Allen's numbers seemed to drop a little bit. And if they can keep him healthy along with Allen, then that's a pretty potent combo. Yeah, is there um, one of the concerns as well, and we're just kind of moving around to different topics here, but one of the concerns people have had with this season in particular with Wisconsin is so much turnover, so much change, you know, had new head coaching staff, new, new scheme, offensively, defensively, a lot of transfers coming in, new quarterback. Is there, is that a worry in your head? Could it, could this just work out really well, but take half a year to click? Uh, it, it probably would be a, a concern in the back of my head. Yes. Uh, and the fact that uh, you talk to any second-year head coach, every second-year head coach that I've ever talked to has always said the same thing. Phil, we're in so much better shape than we were last year. We know the players. The players know the system and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think coaches are a lot better off in the second year than the first year. So that would be a little bit of a concern. I just like the overall talent level. And um We've seen first-year coaches have success. Let's look at TCU last mm-hmm. year. Uh, you know, we got a guy, and Dykes comes in as the uh, the head coach last year. All of a sudden, they start winning. They start buying in, and it's a brand-new team. And uh, a TCU team that uh, the year before struggled and was just 5-7, and seven, all of a sudden goes 13-1 and one and finds itself in the national title game. Let me ask you this, too, uh, as we kind of wrap up this show. Um, I, By the way, I could – take two, three, five hours of your time and um, keep going with questions. But big picture with USC, UCLA coming into the Big Ten, um, and obviously you have Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. What is Wisconsin ceiling in that hierarchy, realistic ceiling in that hierarchy with Luke Fickle? Uh, I mean, Wisconsin's right to, right there with the other ones. As long as he recruits like he does, uh, and now I think he's going to be able to recruit better that he's in the Big Ten than he did when he was in the American Conference. You're able to land. I mean, you, if you want to be in a conference, you have to be the Big Ten or the SEC right now. Uh, so with his recruiting ability, uh, I think he's a very honest coach that really helps him in the recruiting. And the talent level that Wisconsin has capability of getting to, I, I think they compete with the big boys much as they have in recent years. Uh, so I'm, I'm bullish on Wisconsin's opportunities. And I, I'd like the fact, uh, you know, as I'd like to see uh, USC or UCLA come into uh, Wisconsin in November. It's going to be a little bit of a culture shock to them. We, we would like that as well. That would, that would be so much fun. Um, how, how about Notre Dame? Where do you see Notre Dame ending up in five years, 10 years, in two years? I'm going to talk about Notre Dame this year. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, when I, when I look at Notre Dame, I'm really bullish on them this season because they, last year they basically went the entire season with a backup quarterback. And they had the defense last year. They had a good offensive line. They had the run game with Estime and Price and Ford. Uh, they, they've even moved Chris Tyree, who was one of the running backs last year, slot back just because they're so deep at running back. But going through the season with a, a backup quarterback basically all year, now they've got Sam Hartman, one of the best quarterbacks out there. He's a guy that did a tremendous job at Wake Forest. And then look at Notre Dame's schedule this year. Their toughest opponents, Ohio State, USC, 
both have to travel to South Bend. They do have to play Clemson on the road, which is going to be a tough game, and I'm very bullish on Clemson this year. But even if they drop that game to Clemson, I think an 11-1 Notre Dame finds itself in the mix to make the playoff this year. It probably would make the playoff, especially if you have victories over Ohio State and USC at home. So I, I'm, I like Notre Dame's chances this year, and I think they're over under win totals 8.5. I'm bullish on the over on them. That sounds like another good bet for there. Do you think their future lies in a conference or are they going to stay independent as long as possible? Is it possible to stay independent in today's landscape? Um, I'll tell you what, now we're stepping out of my area of specialty because <laughs> you know I did not expect USC and UCLA to go to the Big Ten. I did not expect Oklahoma and Texas to go to the SEC. So right now, I'm just waiting for the next shoe to drop and see what happens. They're happy as an independent, I can tell you that much. Where college football is heading conference-wise, uh, I mean, what what deal is the Pac-12 going to sign? I'm not sure what's going to happen in the future as far as the conferences go, but I can tell you right now, in the next couple of years, they're definitely happy as an independent. No, that's fair. Uh, he is Phil Steele, legendary, uh, honestly, just legendary guy in the college football media sphere. Phil, thank you so, so much. I can't tell you enough um, for jumping on the show. And with all the great guests, we run out of time before we run out of questions. But I really, really do appreciate it. You know, real quick, Ryan, what I want to do, I'll throw out to your listeners, is that the magazine is normally available everywhere. But save your gas money this year. It's only available at Books A Million and Barnes & Noble. So Barnes & Noble and Books A Million are the only two uh, store locations that you can go get it. You can also get it online at philsteel.com. And when you go to philsteel.com, I'm going to charge you a shipping charge. That's actually a cost to mail things nowadays. But we give you the hard copy and the digital copy for free. And if you look at my digital copy right now, it's got David Braun as the head coach of uh, Northwestern. So it is up to date all the way through September. So Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and philsteel.com. But uh, I had a lot of fun talking Wisconsin football. And everybody asks me every year, Ryan, they say, hey, do you have a favorite team, Phil? And I go, yes, I do. And they go, oh, really? Who is it? I go, whoever I picked higher than everyone else. So I'm a Badger fan <laughs> this year. They're my number one surprise team, and I'm rooting for them all season. Oh, I absolutely love it. And we'll link I, – I have the digital copy of the 23 preview. We'll link everything with the website, every place people can get it. Um, it's like, – like I've said, there's no content like Phil Steele content. So we'll definitely put that out there and make sure everyone goes gets a little smarter on college football in 2023. All right, a lot of fun talking football with you today, Ryan. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate it. All right. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life, and the Chime Checking Account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime Checking Account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.